everybody. I'm Katie. And I'm Rhiannon. And welcome to Haunting Cases. to talk this evening it's fine (laughs) (laughs) it's all good all good (laughs) we've already discovered kitty as a poltergeist (laughs) yes yes (laughs) do do you want to see it happen again (laughs) i was very concerned for a second there i was like that's some horror movie shit happening over there right now as i were like your lights are flashing i'm like the fuck no they aren't (laughs) the camera looks like they are camera's picking up my monitor's light (laughs) shading your face then lighting it up and then shading it lighting it up and it was like super random and i was just like what what's happening oh my god what's happening katie what's trying to possess you (laughs) you did really start panicking you're like what the hell is happening over there Like, I don't know, poltergeist maybe? I'm like, I'm watching the light and then like it dawns upon me. I'm like, oh, it's the fact that I'm going back and forth between Facebook, which is in dark theme mode, to Soundtrap that is in school fuck me bright mode. So <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, that was my bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> to be fair, for a while now, if I like lose something in the house that I feel like I really should not have lost uh i'm always just like poltergeist the poltergeist has stolen my my (laughs) flip-flop i do that but i blame the fae instead i'm like why are you taking shit (laughs) give it back i'm like goddamn fae stealing my stuff Don't mind us haunting cases co-hosts. (laughs) (laughs) And our excuses for why we lose our shit. (laughs) And our excuses for why we lose our shit. Dude, I lost a pair of glasses the other day. I was like, God damn it, where the hell are my glasses? Because they're my lesser prescription. Because I went and saw the eye doctor. Which we've already discussed in like two weeks ago episode. And my God. I will never forget that Thursday. Still having little moments here and there that I'm like, <laughs> shit's going to happen. But I lost my lesser power eye vision glasses, which it sounds like I've now decreased again, which I'm like, cool, that's fine by me. But I lost the, the pair that range around where my prescription sits right now. And... I'm like, God damn it. I just need my glasses to be able to see. And I was just so mad today leaving the house and having to wear the higher like prescription ones. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I get back to the house. I'm like, start working on my case. And I flopped into bed for a couple minutes just to take a breather. And I rolled over and I hear crunch. I'm like, no, no, they're my glasses. They're all bent now. I'm like, like why were you in my bed why were you there of all the places i could put you why were you there i'm like i didn't freaking put you there somebody else did 
Like, Salem, what are you doing? Why are you bringing the glasses to bed? She's looking at me like, Mother, I don't have opposable thumbs. That's a lot to carry in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen Ronan carry my glasses, but he's definitely tried to chew on them. So the new house rule is if the glasses are going to be within the cat's reach, they have to be in the glasses case because he's not trustworthy. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Salem has decided now that she likes the sound that my keys make. Oh. Because she's a literal fucking toddler. Um, <laughs> and because I have one of those like cubitons on there for uh, self-defense. Oh, yeah, yeah. She grabs it by her mouth and she'll drag it away. Ha! Never to be seen again. Uh, you didn't need that. <laughs> I'm like, I wouldn't have a problem if my other set had house keys on it. Like, that's all I really need on the other set. But the set has my coupon, my pepper spray, my house keys, my Lord of the Rings keychain, and my Batman keychain on it. And I'll hear her start to like drag it away. And she'll pick up speed as I like come to investigate. And all you hear is her running away with the jingle, 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 yeah. falling behind her. I'm like, what the heck do you have? Oh my god. Then it dawns on me. I'm like, my keys. <laughs> and of course, her face is like, how can you leave me, mother, if I have your keys? <laughs> so she's got this all figured out. She's got oh, definitely. this master plan that she's just putting into action. She's like, how dare you leave more than once a week? I will hide these. You will know better. <laughs> I will train you quickly. So, now I'm getting into the habit of I'm hanging them up next to the door as I come in. Or they're going into my backpack to where I have to like reach my entire Tyrannosaurus Rex arm in to like dig around and find them. <laughs> People are going to think I have like extremely short arms. I do. Don't get me wrong, but... At the same time, it's like, it, it's like a child's length arm and then little hands too, because I could still wear kids gloves. <laughs> and it's just like, when I go digging for something, it's like full arm in the bag, like looking around usually if it's one of those deep bags. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I think that's all I got for banter today, unless you have anything else you want to talk about before we go to our little uh, intro. I don't know if there will be any trigger warnings today, so you might not have to worry about any trigger warnings. But <laughs> Well, that's a, that's a blessing for you after the story you just heard. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. I mean, to be fair, this, this case does still kind of throw uh, chills down my spine, so... Know how much of a break it's gonna be after the last case. This one definitely creeps me out, but I don't think it has any trigger warnings in it, so that's something. <laughs> I we'll see. We'll see after we hear it. And I'm like, Reed, that was a catch-all case. With the <laughs> what do you mean that I had no trigger warnings in it? <laughs> Anyways, guys, here comes our disclaimer, and if not, trigger warnings too. <laughs> While we understand that some individuals listen for the entertainment aspect of true crime, it's important to remember that these are real people with families and friends who may still be suffering from their loss. These stories are not meant to open old wounds or cause further emotional damage to those involved, 
We remind you to please be respectful. Do not dox or contact those involved with cases. While paranormal occurrences and urban legends may be sources of tourism, please be considerate if you visit one of these locations. Do not engage in trespassing and be sure to ask for permission if you plan on recording. Be aware of your surroundings and travel safely. The cases discussed in this podcast may be disturbing to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back. Welcome back. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why we're so awkward on our intros. (laughs) Yes, if you're a new listener, the whole podcast isn't this awkward, just our intros. (laughs) Just our intros. I mean, sometimes it's awkward. Sometimes. Uh, It's, I don't know. type of awkward situation where I just need to leave the room. (laughs) (laughs) Just roll the dice and see what you get. (laughs) Roll for initiative. All right, so I'm really excited to bring you this topic today. We're going to discuss two of Katie's big interests, law enforcement and aliens. Ooh, okay, okay. <laughs> For some reason, I was going to go ghosty-toasty, so I was like, hmm? What? Ooh, ooh, that <laughs> might be an interesting combo, too. I might have to look into that. <laughs> I've heard a couple of listener tales from other like podcasts that have law enforcement talking about their ghostly encounters. Ooh, like, I like Ooh. that. If there's okay. any uh, law enforcement personnel listening to this podcast right now, send us your ghostly encounters. We want to hear them. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I want to hear it. <laughs> All right. So when it comes to UFOs, witnesses are often doubted and not trusted. However, when law enforcement personnel are the witnesses, This often brings more credibility to the reports, and they can be more commonly accepted. However, by speaking up, these officers may be placing their reputation and their career on the line, which places high stakes for them to do so. So, I think that was one of the big things that jumped out at me about today's topic, really. (laughs) Was just, uh, I mean... Of course, I've read my fair share of alien and UFO witness accounts, but to hear multiple police officers speaking up about their experiences, that was a big thing for me. That was like, whoo, wow. Like, and, and even saying these things like openly as officers, not like trying to do it on their personal time outside of uniform. So to be completely blatant about it. So, yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah. And like I said already, a lot of these stories give me chills, and I feel like I'm not easily spooked, so (laughs) I'm pretty excited to discuss these today. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Just sit sit tight, Katie. Just wait and see what you're in for. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in for something. (laughs) Oh yes, that's right. (laughs) At least we both brought doozies to the table tonight. (laughs) Just in different ways. It's going to be a great couple of weeks, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. So most of the cases I'm going to cover today come from the article 
Smokey and the UFO, UFO Encounters by Idaho State Police by Tim Anderson, published on April 14th, 2017. Listeners, be sure to check it out in my sources. It was a very enjoyable read, and while I'm going to tell you uh, the stories here so that we can engage in discussion about it, I still 100% recommend going and checking out that article. It is 100% worth a read. Alright, and then another quick disclaimer, the article itself does not place a date on these cases of exactly when they happened, so I'm not entirely sure on what time frame we're looking at. However, when I was digging around for other sources to try to back up this information from more than one source, I did find one source that connected these cases, or one of these cases, two other records uh, that had indicated the same witness with a similar description, which thus dated at least one of the encounters to be on December 8th, 1976. So based on this information, I'm going to presume these encounters were likely taking place around that time frame, so mid to late 70s. However, like I said, I'm not 100% able to verify this as I could not find um, article a lot of other articles or things to try to date and back up this information in this other article. Alright, here we go. <laughs> oh, goody. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the location we're going to be discussing today is primarily along the state highway 30 east and the southeastern corner of idaho including caribou bannock oneida franklin and bear lake counties which have become a hot spot for ufo activity so let's get to the stories (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna start with corporal dennis abrams of the idaho state police He was patrolling near Soda Springs, Idaho, at about 2 a.m. in the morning when it looked as if there was a plane trying to make an emergency landing nearby. He immediately notified the sheriff, who sent out a search and rescue team, at which point Corporal Abrams started the drive home. So now at this point, he is miles away from the supposed incident, and a bright, glowing, football-shaped object with lights forming a revolving ring around it flew into view of Corporal Abrams' patrol car within a stone's throw and at a height barely above the treetops. Now, as you can imagine, he was extremely startled by this and was, in fact, so startled that the corporal actually T-boned his patrol car and immediately radioed in what he was seeing. Now oh, he, shit. oh yeah, this was serious. This was bad. <laughs> I mean, to startle a, a cop, <laughs> I was like, shit. <laughs> now he did watch this UFO for a whole five minutes before it shot straight up into the sky and then headed off in a, a northern direction. During this time, while the UFO was around before it took off, or even when it was taking off, I should say. There was no noise, and another thing that really jumped out at me was that he stated there was no sort of uh, radio interference happening, and I know from doing, like, radio telemetry, 
in some of my field work that there's lots of different types of technologies that can interfere with your radio signal and give you like really heavy static and mess it up. So the fact that this thing was coming very close to him and moving around and it, the radio was not picking up anything at all. And he also couldn't audibly hear any sound from it as it's flying through the sky at startling speed. That really bothered me. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I'm like, you would think if something, something was traveling through this air current in this like open air space as fast as it is it's going to leave some form of a sonic boom going through it's like yeah yep yeah i didn't like that one bit (laughs) i don't like it either (laughs) something not right (laughs) something's not right with this picture so uh so same incident here. We have another corporal, E.H. Christensen, who was in nearby Bannock County during this incident. And as soon as he hears on the radio what's going on, he immediately starts driving towards Corporal Abrams. Now, keep in mind that Christensen has to travel south about 20 miles before he will reach Abrams. However, in the article, it states, uh, and actually this was from... Uh, direct, I, I'm paraphrasing actually directly what Corporal Christensen said here. Within seconds of the radio transmission being received on his end, uh, an UFO of the same description arrives from the south. So hypothetically, the same UFO covering that 20 mile distance in mere seconds. Or there's two of them and it's going to be War of the Worlds. <laughs> that should totally be it too. <laughs> uh. One thing that did jump out at me, and this could just be me misreading how it was written, was that if it's true that it arrived as soon as the radio transmission ended, it had previously stated Abram observed the UFO for about five minutes. So that was my only thing was like, wait. They made it sound like he immediately radioed it in and then watched for five minutes. So if this thing traveled within seconds, that doesn't really line up. So either the radio transmission was towards the end or I'm just misreading that bit. But that was one yeah. thing that popped out in my, my mind. is like, hmm, I wonder. <laughs> but, Something's a little off here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but besides that, still, I was like, still creepy. I still don't like it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm still not I'm still not happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> so now this UFO parallels Christensen's patrol car as it drives for a few minutes before the UFO ends up splitting off and continues north. And not only do we have two accounts of a UFO matching this description on that night at around the same time between the two officers, there's additionally a third witness that saw this UFO, a businessman in Soda Springs, who after hearing the two officers' reports then felt comfortable to come forward and specifically stated he had not come forward previously because he was scared of being ridiculed. Understandable. Definitely. Like, I feel like that happens with a lot of witnesses of UFOs. Like, you immediately start getting called crazy and other things start happening. Yeah, definitely. For sure. So, can't blame him at all. So, about half a year goes by before Christensen finds himself in another UFO experience. 
So at this point, he is checking on some construction equipment near the intersection of Interstate 15 and US 30 East. Again, he is working at night, so this is the middle of the night when this is happening. And as he is approaching the construction vehicles, uh, it, it stated there had been some previous vandalism, and so he was just going to check and make sure there's no vandalism going on. He sees a large metallic object sitting in the middle of all these construction vehicles, and this is just a few hundred feet from his patrol car. And he's looking at it, can't really make out what it is, is a little confused because it's very obviously not your average construction truck or anything. He reaches for his camera to try to use the zoom to get a better look on it, and immediately, as soon as his hand reaches out, the object turns on two blinding strobe lights and zips straight up into the air, gone within seconds. Again, with no noise, no audible noise, or any obvious means of propulsion. Yeah, I'm gonna go home now. <laughs> no, no. I feel like I feel like the strobe lights are just like a double issue of fuck you as they zoom off. <laughs> yeah, honestly, the thing that came to my mind is uh, there's certain field work uh, that I did where we were live capturing some birds at night to put some little like radio trackers on them and then release them and let them go do their bird thing so that we could collect data on them. And in order to catch the bird, so you can put the little tracker on it, you we would use a bright light, because in the middle of the night, it's kind of like deer in the headlights kind of situation. The bright light just kind of... Um... Oh, you're stunning these poor birds? <laughs> you're, like, finding Nemoing these people? Like, camera in the face with the flash on? <laughs> That's just rude, man. Like, they're, like, sound asleep, and they're like, hmm, what's that... There's some type of, like, heat on my face. It's getting warm. I feel like I'm being watched. Whoa! Jesus is here! What happened? To be fair, these birds are awake at night. But, but yes, they would normally... Doesn't mean that their eyes are accustomed to seeing the light. If they're awake at night, that means that they're not awake during the day. Ma'am? You still just, like, freaking, like drug sobriety testing them and they're like oh my god my eyes <laughs> but in any case <laughs> the reason that reminded me of the, this this particular ufo story is the whole thing with the blinding strobe lights i was just thinking like man is that their way of being like you can't fucking see me i'm out <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> They just watched Men in Black like three times. They're like, oh, the humans expect us to erase their mind. How do we erase their mind? We, sh we shine bright lights at them exactly. and they just forget. <laughs> oh, no. So that, that was my thinking was just like, oh, yeah. So us humans were kind of like doing the headlights, too. We're just like, ah, blinded by the light. And that gives them a chance to do whatever they want to do. <laughs> Run away! <laughs> they don't know that if they so much as cough in our general direction, the craft will crash. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> that man's gasping. He's getting ready to cough on us. 
disappears into the night. <laughs> See, this isn't quite as creepy as I was expected. <laughs> I'm just imagining these poor little greys that are like, we're not supposed to be here. Bob said be home by midnight. It's past midnight. <laughs> oh, then! <laughs> we're going to be in so much trouble if she finds out that a human saw us. Oh, no. <laughs> what if they do them in black? They shine the light and they forgot. Cool, we're gonna try that. <laughs> uh, oh, God. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now that we've lightened up the mood a little bit, <laughs> we'll get back to it and, and see how long it takes before I get creeped out again. <laughs> All right. So here's uh, another occasion. At about 2 a.m., Christensen was talking to a deputy sheriff, <laughs> doing that thing that you know cops do, where they're parked next to each other and they have their windows rolled down and they're just talking through the open windows, that thing. <laughs> you know, playing in traffic, hanging out, that thing. <laughs> they're waiting for somebody to do bad, but they didn't want to be alone, so now they have company. <laughs> yup, yup, exactly. Socializing. Yup, yup. <laughs> That thing? That thing, that's the thing. <laughs> that thing called socializing that most humans do. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, in any case, anyway. so, uh, Christensen and this deputy sheriff are parked on Interstate 15 at this moment. And as they're talking, all of a sudden, they, they both go silent because they see a UFO with a round top and a flat bottom, so think classic flying saucer kind of shape, suddenly appear in the sky with green, blue, and white lights revolving around it. These children did not learn the lesson. <laughs> they didn't. Definitely not. Lesson not learned, like like many children. <laughs> now this UFO and is zipping all over the place for the next five to ten minutes, making erratic and unpredictable movements, including sudden stops and reversals, zigzag motions, and 90 degree turns at high speeds. So this is definitely not... Uh, a human aircraft, at least not one that any of us are aware of. <laughs> over here, I'm like, that's not safe driving. Somebody needs to pull them over. Officers, get on it. <laughs> I'm like, they can't. <laughs> it's a UFO. <laughs> Our cars don't fly. <laughs> yeah, if we give the, the police flying cars... <laughs> that I'm sure they'll be on it. <laughs> Erratic space excavates. <laughs> I don't even know what we would call that. One day, one day there will be tickets for erratic driving in space. <laughs> maybe someday soon. Maybe. We'll be real nearby. And, and maybe that's when we'll <laughs> finally make contact with uh, the aliens. Now, neither of the officers end up submitting a report concerning this event. Uh, I would assume likely because of that businessman's concern of being ridiculed would, would be my guess. 
Absolutely. And especially, again, as a police officer, you are somebody who is hopefully respected within the community or trying to be respected within the community. So I feel like that adds an extra layer to it as well, that it almost feels like you have more to lose if you come off as not being competent, basically, by reporting something that people believe is some sort of hallucination or obviously you were doing something you weren't supposed to, like you were... Um, drunk or on drugs, how else could you have seen this thing? So I definitely think that puts added pressure onto police officers to not report things like this. Yeah, it puts on that added stress and just that pressure of, well, if I say this, am I going to seem competent in my job? Am I going to seem trustworthy? Is my integrity going to decrease because of this? It will increase because of this? Because, God, I know there's some things that we've seen out in this area that I'm, <laughs> like dollar to donut thing that i am almost a thousand percent sure some officers have seen and just kind of looked away and went i did not see anything <laughs> god knows i have i've been like oh that's a floating orange ball in the sky i'm just gonna pretend i don't see it <laughs> Yeah, there's some weird shit in the night skies. The green flash heading back from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, we yes. screamed that whole car ride home. <laughs> yeah, that car ride was very <laughs> eventful. Whole <laughs> uh... way home. I had no voice for two days after that. <laughs> we'll never forget it. Pinnacle moments in the relationships of Katie and Ray. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to go ahead and move on to Deputy Sheriff of Bannock County, John Messinese. And keep in mind, this is a man who has spent, or at the time of the article, had spent 15 years in law enforcement after serving in the Marine Corps. So this is definitely somebody who I think most people would consider a credible observer when it comes to witnessing things of this nature, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. You never know, but hopefully. <laughs> so his first ever UFO experience lasted over 30 minutes in Aramo with a corporal where a UFO was moving erratically through the sky while changing colors between red, blue, and white, which I'm just going to pause here and say my first thought was that this is a patriotic UFO. <laughs> that is a very patriotic UFO. <laughs> right? But there are other flags that, that definitely oh, have red, white, and blue in them. That so is true. It, it, could, it could be a flinch UFO. We do not know. <laughs> <laughs> One day we will make contact with them and we will ask them <laughs> what their what, color the choice. <laughs> the UFOs. I'm like, we already have contact with the French we have for years. <laughs> the UFO. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to mute my mic over here. I don't get any more input throughout the rest of this. <laughs> Hopefully we haven't offended any French listeners now. 
sorry. <laughs> I love you. I want to come back to Europe. <laughs> My bed. <laughs> uh, all, right. all right. So we're making contact with you both, not the French. So. <laughs> Watching this UFO move radically through the sky, and finally it does disappear over the horizon after 30 minutes of it zipping around. <laughs> Good for it. Good for that UFO. Oh, yeah. It, it got out of there before those police were going to ask it any questions. <laughs> before they can detain the drivers. Oh, yes. For their very unprofessional driving. <laughs> oh, God. On another occasion, the deputy sheriff was giving a speeding ticket to someone and had that individual sitting in the front seat of his, his patrol car as he was filling out the paperwork, at which point both of the individuals witnessed a brightly lit flying saucer moving through the sky in 360 degree circles, and this continued for about 15 to 20 minutes straight before it finally disappeared from view. Okay. <laughs> that one's at least not as bad. Wasn't, at least they weren't driving erratically. Like, they were following <laughs> the rules. They left. They're they going know. from point A to point B. They know proper f- flying rules of driving in, or flying in circles. I guess it's not really driving if you're in the sky. <laughs> flying. <laughs> Flyers etiquette. A crash exactly. course. <laughs> All right, now we're going to go back to Corporal Dennis Abrams really quick. Now, I will mention this is a uh, case that I got from a different article, and so it has some similarities to the case I already described from Corporal Dennis Abrams. And so at first, I was wondering if this could just be some sort of miscommunication, where perhaps this is the same case and there's just some details that were slightly off. But I decided to include it because there is enough details here that are different that it is quite possible it could be a different incident. So we'll we'll go ahead and go through it really quick and you and the listeners can decide for yourself. <laughs> Alright. So, so Corporal Dennis Abrams described an event on New Year's Eve near Lava Hot Springs when a light comes towards him, at which point he first mistakes it as an old prop plane before realizing it's silent and is much too close to his vehicle to be a plane. Now, the bright lights blocked the view of whatever kind of aircraft this was, but he could definitely distinguish there was one light in the front and one light in the back. And it did continue to follow his patrol car for a few minutes before flying off over the landscape, at which point the lights seemed to revolve around it, turn off, then turn back on, and do it again. And it continued to do this until eventually it just disappeared over the horizon. At which point he did go investigate the surrounding land nearby on the side of the road where it had passed over to see if he could find any evidence of its passage. But there was no burns, no broken tree branches, and no evidence that it had touched the ground at any point. So he didn't really have material evidence to this incident I suppose I don't like it I don't like yeah. the being followed by it 
Yeah, I don't, I don't like that either. No. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that at all. And uh, one of the later cases will really make you not like the being followed part. <laughs> I mean, I don't like being followed in general, but... <laughs> I don't think anyone does. <laughs> it's invasion of privacy. <laughs> we need to tell these UFOs that. <laughs> boundaries. Set boundaries with your UFOs. <laughs> it's important to have healthy boundaries with UFOs. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Shout it to the heavens. If you see one coming near you, you're either like, game on, abduct me, take me off this planet, get me off the roller coaster, let's go. Or you're like, nah, nah, bro. Nah, I don't want to go with you. Set your boundaries. <laughs> so the, now we'll go ahead and move into. A quick case about the former police chief of Lava Hot Springs, Russell Edwards. So on a night in January, he was standing in front of his house with a couple of his kids and a state trooper. At which point they saw a bright light falling from the sky, at which point they first thought it had to be a shooting star. So they continued to watch it fall from the sky until this light, this bright light suddenly halts and changes direction flying over the horizon to the West. And at a later date, chief Edwards did comment that he has never seen anything like what he's witnessed late at night in Idaho and all of the eight years he's spent in the police service. mm, They're not (laughs) threatening. They're just, they're weird. They're just comforting. I'm like, Hmm. They're just like doing their thing. <laughs> I'm like, you do you, boo, but out of my sight. <laughs> out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> Can you do that when I'm not looking? Thanks. <laughs> of course, there's people out there that's like, do it again. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Depends on the night. I could be either of those people. <laughs> that uh, That's true, too. I could definitely be either of those people, too. Alright. So, I've specifically selected a couple cases for the end here. Because I would specifically label these as what I would consider dangerous UFO encounters. These were ones that I'd say weren't just creepy, like, I don't like that. This was very much, like, this scares me. I don't like this at all. <laughs> oh, this is a nope zone. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're going into the, the nope zone now. <laughs> so, we'll start we're, with uh, Corporal Christensen, which we've already discussed a few cases involving him before. So, Corporal K- Christensen was with Deputy Hank Myers in McCammon, heading to Lava Hot Springs at about 1 a.m. on Highway 30. They were about five miles out of McCammon when suddenly a bright light comes barreling down the road straight at the officers head on. Oh, hell no. No, Yeah, no. no. All the no's. (laughs) That, from being, like, a person that's definitely, like, driven around at night in, like, the mountainous terrain up in Utah. Like, seeing lights coming straight at you, regardless if they're on the highway and they're in the secondary road, it's terrifying because literally you don't 
you can't tell until like a certain distance if they're right in front of you or not. Oh yeah, for sure. I feel like especially in areas where you have I suppose basically lost city lights, more rural areas or just areas that are darker, mm-hmm. you have more night sky. It it's hard to tell sometimes how far out they are until they're right up on you. So very startling exactly. for sure. It's like startling, you don't know if that's a car, you don't know what's happening. For sure, yeah. Definitely. And I mean, that's really how they described it. I don't have a direct quote here or anything, but uh, I remember when I was reading it, that's how exactly how the officers described it is just what the hell is that? Like one of them described it as it looked almost like a train coming at them. But I mean, obviously it's not a train because they're not on train tracks. And so it was just super bizarre and absolutely terrifying. Mm -hmm. So at this point... It's moving very fast, and like I said, it's coming at them head-on, and they're in their own cars, so both officers end up swerving off the road to avoid it, at which point the light stops suddenly. Now, looking at it from off the road to the side, they still can't make out any features about it specifically. Uh, It was just so bright that all it really looked like to them from their perspective is just some sort of giant spotlight shining at them. Now, <laughs> yeah, that made me uncomfortable, too. I didn't like that either. I really hate that. I really hate that. I, I've i never been a fan of the whole experience of be either being in a dark room or at night. You know, it's dark. Your night vision has kicked in because you've been in the dark for a while. And, hey, you mm. had this experience the other day, actually. <laughs> and a bright light blinds you in the eyes and you can't oh, yeah, see yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> We just talked about this on the pod a couple weeks ago. My poor left eye. (laughs) But I just hate that experience. I hate how it just blinds you, especially if you're outside, because then you Mm -hmm. just feel vulnerable because you can't see anything then. Yeah, you're then, like, walking around like, I can't see. God, (laughs) help me. Exactly. (laughs) So, I mean, I think that was one of the factors. I mean, it's multiple factors in this case, and I'll continue. Um... But the whole head-on, almost head-on collision thing, and then the blinding light when you're in the dark, so you have your night vision, basically, or your eyes have adjusted to where you're using your whatever night vision humans have. Um, and so now you're blinded. It's just so many no's. I just don't like it. Yeah, no, no, no. Not to mention, like, we don't have the best night vision because we're not nocturnal predators, even, like, going as far back as, like, our ancestry of, like, Progressing forward just with evolution. That's what it's called. (laughs) Progressing forward with evolution. Like a lot of the ape, great ape family does not have that like night vision aspect to themselves. It's, it's scary. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're biologically definitely not made to operate at night. (laughs) No, no. My body disagrees with that, but no, we're not made to operate <laughs> All right, so we have the two officers that have just swerved off the road to avoid this head-on collision with some sort of supposed vehicle with a very bright light. And so they, I can't say for certain how long they spent on the side of the road. It did not specify that in the article. 
Uh, but at some point, they gather their nerves together and they decide to get back on the road because this light is not going anywhere and <laughs> they need to be on their way. So they get back on the road and they finish driving to Lava Hot Springs. However, the light follows behind them the entire way, including into town. Nay, nay. No. Nay, 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 nay. <laughs> I don't like it at all. <laughs> nay, nay. Uh, mom, come pick me up. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> what? <laughs> it went into town with them, just like, skippity-doo-dah, I'm gonna go get myself an ice cream. Oh, yeah. Yeah, multiple... soft server. <laughs> yes. <laughs> multiple residents actually witnessed this light following the patrol cars into town. So it's not just the officers that saw this, even residents noticed a very bright light following the officers into town. <laughs> Do you just pretend that it's not there? Like... <laughs> I don't, I don't think you can at that point. Like, you're just like, these officers have something following them. The officers are just like, no, we don't. They're just gaslighting themselves into believing yep. that there's nothing back there. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it one bit. There, there's nothing good about this, I feel like. Just nothing. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Not about it. Nope. Not about it. No, thank you. <laughs> now, get this. So, a local astronomer, once this story breaks out, because obviously, I, I presume, because multiple people have seen it, that's probably how it got out. I'm not sure necessarily that the officers talked about it so much as people witnessed it and it just got around town. But in any case, a local astronomer actually comes out and says, oh, it was Venus that you were looking at. Venus is particularly bright this time of year, and, and that's what you saw. Not not an alien or a UFO, it was Venus. And the officers specifically were like, uh, we know what Venus looks like. We saw Venus. This was not Venus. And can I just say freaking planets don't come down to Earth and try to ram you off the road and then follow you <laughs> to like, town? Pretty sure that's not how those guys work. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that's how planets normally operate, at least not in our solar system. They're just like, your Venus is an Aries, and I'm going to make sure that you fucking know it. <laughs> just so freaking aggressive. Jesus right. Christ. Oh my God. I was like, seriously, like that planet is on a mission then. <laughs> oh yeah, it's just on a mission to end you. It's yeah. like, damn, Ooh. you pissed off a planet. <laughs> Shit. Oh, man. So the press does end up coming at the officers full on and are asking them, what's your opinion? This astronomer uh, said that it's Venus, that you were wrong, that you didn't experience this you didn't actually witness this and so they had to unfortunately face um i don't know that i should call it harassment because i couldn't find video or other articles of specifically like what questions were being asked so it could be very well that they're being polite about it but in any case the press coming at these officers wanting their stories to publish it this, uh, according to these officers, they said it scared off many other police uh, police officers into ever wanting to speak up about anything they ever witnessed in terms of UFOs or unusual activity. 
um, oh, I'm sorry, Christensen was the one who specifically stated this, that other officers at that point were just done with it. You know, they don't want to deal with this whole being mobbed by press situation for one. And mm-hmm. then two, I think it also goes back to what we discussed earlier about uh, you have this very important job where you're trying to remain... Uh, be perceived as credible, be perceived as responsible, and so if you start saying things that people don't believe and don't trust, you, then you're potentially compromising your job. And so, from what it sounds like, a lot of the other police officers in I I'm not sure if it's just the town. I presume the county or even the state, since these are state officers we're talking about. A lot of the other officers were just done with it at that point. About speaking publicly about what they were witnessing. I don't blame them. Like, if you're being ridiculed and you're being questioned and the questions don't seem fully, like, they're understanding and it seems very harassing towards you and it's discrediting you and it's making you seem like you're crazy because it was just Venus that was glowing in the night sky came down to beat your ass. But, (laughs) like, that... It feels so unprofessional of the press, but also so like the press at the same time, I guess. I don't mean to offend any press people that we have listening, but it happens. Like, we see this type of stuff in cases, too, where it's like we demoralize the victim or dehumanize them, and we put more humanity back towards an offender. And it's just like, what? Yeah, definitely. And unfortunately, that really prevents both on this side of things and paranormal side of things and and in true crime side of things as well. It prevents people from wanting to come forward and tell their story and have it be heard. Because like you said, if they're just going to face ridicule and be publicly shown around like a fool, nobody's going to want to come forward and tell their story at that point. It completely ruins it. Exactly. So now we're going to move on to what I would probably label as the most frightening of all the encounters I read about. Now, this particularly frightening encounter deals with Deputy Messinese. He was patrolling down Interstate 15 in the early morning hours of New Year's Eve. This is at about 2.30 a.m. in the morning when he comes across the three sons of the police chief of Lava Hot Springs, Russell Edwards, and finds them stranded with car trouble on the side of the road. At this point, he offers to give them a ride home, and uh, they go ahead and hop in the car, start driving down the road, However, they only get a few miles down the road before all four of them witness a light, which at first just looks like some sort of bright star that is following the police car. Now, this light continues to follow them as they pull off onto Highway 30 East, and it stays parallel with the left side of the police car this entire time as it's driving down the highway. So, as this continues, it's now been more than a few miles of this going on. Deputy Messinese calls us into dispatch and just kind of 
makes a joke of it, like, tries to say it more jokingly, like, he's not completely taking it seriously, but still letting Dispatch know, like, hey, there's something weird going on, there's this light, and it's following me, like, just so you know, <laughs> and keeps driving. So they make it a couple miles further, at which point this UFO flies by them, crosses the road up ahead, then comes back to parallel the vehicle again, this time on the right side of the vehicle. They continue driving down the highway. Again, it's maintaining the same pace as the car is down the highway. And they finally make it into town, which it didn't specify this, but from what I read, it sounds like they broke away from it. So this one did not follow them into town, thankfully. <laughs> uh. <laughs> At least there's that. <laughs> there's that. There's that. <laughs> And so they do end up arriving safely at the police chief's house, at which point the kids go inside and wake up their dad, who brings out binos and a rifle scope to try to take a look at this and figure out what is this thing in the sky that is following the car around. <laughs> so now all of them are standing outside and they watch this UFO in the sky for about 15 to 20 minutes before Deputy Messanese decides... You should probably start the long 40-mile drive home while the Edwards family stays up and keeps an eye on the UFO. Oh, no. Is he driving alone? Yes. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> that was my reaction, too, when I was reading. I, like, I literally put the, the my tablet down since I was reading it on my tablet and shut the tablet. It was just like, I can't. I just, I just can't. Oh, no. no. You don't go places alone when it comes to paranormal creepy shit. You don't go anywhere alone. You don't split the party, damn it. <laughs> we, this is not Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No Scooby-Doo here. Not okay. <laughs> oh, no. No, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, Okay. <laughs> are, ready. are you ready? You ready? I'm ready. I'm not going to open my eyes for a little bit, though, <laughs> but I'm ready. So, Chief Edwards is still at his house with his kids, and they watch uh, the deputy drive away, and they're still watching the flying saucer in the sky, and after the deputy drives away, they see the flying saucer move off to the northwest in an erratic fashion, and this, again, this is only after Messanese has driven off into the distance. Now, we're going to follow Officer Messanese. So, Deputy Messanese has driven about five minutes away from the house at this point and is just backtracking the route he came in on, basically, to get back to his house. And uh, at this point, the UFO once again becomes visible from the deputy's car and it, now it's even closer. Now it's only a half mile away from the car. And per usual, and all, as in all the other cases, even with the window rolled down, he's not hearing any noise coming from this aircraft that is basically following him. And so this really unnerves Bessanese. So he hits the gas and speeds up trying to get away from it. But the UFO matches his pace and also accelerates at the same rate. So... Now he's really starting to freak out, which 
not blaming it at all. I'd totally be freaking out at this point, too. Actually, I probably would have been freaking out before this point. So kudos to him for not freaking out up until this point. Like, Ree, we freaked out at a green light in the middle of the desert, okay? And That's screamed <laughs> all the way home. In our defense, there was some other creepy shit that happened on that drive, so there was multiple reasons Yeah, but that was just like... That was like the base of what happened. That was like the <laughs> top of the ladder, and it was just like, "Hi, I'm Paul," and bam, smacked us down. <laughs> That's true. We didn't have it like following our car alone to the ground. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't think we'd handle this well if this was us. <laughs> Like, now that I go back and forth to where we were at versus, like, where we we were living, I'm like, we took the long way home. Like, we went way past where we needed to go versus, like, the easy way home. <laughs> we went so out of our way to get home. We added, like, an extra hour to our trip. <laughs> we just like to live life the exciting way. I guess so, because we get lost in the desert every single time we go hiking. <laughs> Ree, it's this way, me. I think the road's that way. No, it's this way, Ree, with no natural sense of direction leading the way. Because I trust her. She uh, works in the field. She should know where she's going. Hypothetically. <laughs> it's true. I have no natural sense of direction. It doesn't work well in my profession. forget about this by the time that we go hiking again i'm gonna be like cool re knows where she's going <laughs> i have the brain of a squirrel <laughs> listeners re never knows where she's going <laughs> don't follow re anywhere <laughs> don't follow re she doesn't know the way you got a gut instinct that the road's the other way take it don't follow re <laughs> man i'd be fucking losing my mind i'd be like oh yeah okay this is just oh, the yes. night that it happens cool yep yep i i would <laughs> i'd probably be cursing at the ufo which might be a bad thing that might encourage violence i don't what know what if they can hear you you make <laughs> you, the noise when they coast you think that they don't have like the supersonic hearing of like a dog that can hear like a whistle that we can't like nah these bros are like this little fucker is cussing at me what what do you think i should do paul what do you think i should do you know what i'm gonna pick up his car i'm gonna yeet it over into the desert this is why i just don't acknowledge the ufo because if you acknowledge the ufo it just goes terribly awry and that's when i'm gonna either be abducted or, or something's just gonna go terribly wrong right in any case, so at this point, Messanese is very distraught. He is accelerating. He's trying to get away from this UFO. It's still, like I said, matching his pace, accelerating at the same rate. So he yells into dispatch, and I quote, Karen, this damn thing is following me, end quote, <laughs> and continues to speed up. Again, the UFO is still matching his speed. And so 
and they're basically, it sounds like, in a battle to see who can, well, I guess he's trying to outrace the UFO while the UFO is just kind of keeping up with him. When suddenly the UFO actually speeds up and again goes ahead of the patrol car, enters the road, but this time instead of crossing the road, it stops in the road. 500 yards in front of the speeding patrol car. Um, yeah, no, I don't have any response to that. <laughs> now, Messanese at this point is really scared that the UFO might land on the road since it's still hovering or even block the bridge because he knows he's coming up on this bridge. And if that UFO blocks the bridge and he can't get across it, like he's going to be trapped. He has nowhere else to go besides try to turn around and go back the way he came. And so at this point, he continues to accelerate and is just. <laughs> so we're going to play chicken with it. <laughs> we're going to hate... play chicken with it. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. We're going to play chicken with it. All right. Cool. <laughs> Here we go. We're doing See it. See who bails out first. <laughs> <laughs> so Messanese drives directly underneath the UFO. At which point the UFO moves back to his right and again maintains his pace, which at this point he is going 85 miles per hour. I mean, I would be too. I'd be like, I want to go home. <laughs> right? Oh my God. <laughs> now looking back at this memory, Messanese has stated that at that time, he honestly figured he was going to be abducted and taken away from his wife and three children. So he was at this point, uh, I want to say fearing for his life. I don't know if that's the correct term because it wasn't necessarily fearing that aliens were going to kill him so much as like kidnap him. <laughs> but still, you, you don't know what's going to fear for do. his safety. Yeah, he doesn't yeah, know what's going to yeah. happen. He's like, oh my God, I'm never going to see my family again. Exactly. Yep. So he, at this point, he's trying to keep his eyes on the road. He's going 85 miles per hour. And so he looks away from the UFO just to make sure he's not going to crash into anything. And as soon as he looks back, it's gone. It just vanishes. It's not there anymore. Katie's grimacing over there. You see, I don't like this because then my immediate question is, if it's not there, where is it? Where did it go? Yeah. It's kind of like a spider. You have eyes on it for a while and all of a sudden it's gone and you're like, where the fuck did it go? It's exactly <laughs> like a spider. Oh. <laughs> uh. You spiders are aliens and shadow people. <laughs> I promise you this. I'm the person who tries to capture the spider and relocate it outside. The problem is when the damn spider is like, I'm going to go hang out on the, the elevated ceiling that you can't reach. And then I just stare at it. This is, I'm mainly referring to my last barracks I lived in because <laughs> there's shit ton of spiders there. And they always would hang out above my bed. And then I would just lay in bed staring at it like, don't you fucking come down here. You stay up there. Don't you fucking come down here. And then like, I'd read my book for a little bit and I'd be like glancing at it. I'd get into my book and I'd be in it and reading it. And then I'd look up there and be like, where the fuck to go? It's not there anymore. Where'd it go? And so, that, like, that's what I'm envisioning right now with the UFO. It's just like, where the fuck did it go? <laughs> where did it go? <laughs> Meanwhile, I, like, lay in bed convincing myself, like, right before I'm falling asleep that the vet above my head is littered with spiders and they just come down during the evening. I'm like, 
why would you give me anxiety like that? I'm not a huge fan of spiders. Like we've discussed this previously. I'm the type of person that will relocate them if I can identify them. I'm not a fan of the idea of bugs going into my ears and stuff like that and like crawling on me while I'm peacefully away in La La Land, just logged out from life, okay? I don't need them on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not feeling that. <laughs> not feeling that, but yeah, no. UFOs, spiders of the alien world, supernatural world. <laughs> We're just going to find all the spiders in the paranormal world. <laughs> all They're of all them. different breeds. It makes sense, right? <laughs> So this encounter that Messinese had likely lasted between 45 and 50 minutes from when the UFO was first sighted to when it disappeared. So this is almost an hour that they were interacting or watching, witnessing this UFO. <laughs> and who knows where it went after that. <laughs> just poof, gone? Yeah, just Nobody poof, gone. Everybody was watching it so heavily, and they're just like, up, oh, it's gone. There goes. Well, you see Edwards, so the family, um, Chief Edwards and his family that had been watching it, they lost sight of it shortly after Messinese left. It, like, went over the horizon, and they couldn't see it anymore. Uh, so Messinese at that point, as far as I know from reading the article, he was the only one who had eyes on it. So, I mean, once he lost sight of it, it was just poof, gone. Who knows where it is now? Nay, nay. <laughs> not a fan not a fan uh, see, there was a point that I was looking and living in that area and now I'm like glad we didn't <laughs> that was a good life choice that was a good life choice <laughs> sorry for everybody that lives over there send us your listener tales I bet you have some interesting uh, stories oh yes I'm sure they have a ton of interesting stories ugh <laughs> <laughs> uh. Now, this is there's a good point here in that it, I really wish the article had dates because if they had a date for this particular event, I would have gone and looked at the database and seen if there was any other witness accounts of a similar UFO that night because then I could have been like, oh, it disappeared here and then somebody saw it over here and that would have been awesome. But <laughs> I don't have a date attached to it though, so I have no way of really... Tracking it down. To, yeah. So that was one unfortunate thing about this article is that I did try to look up um, and try to find other articles. But if it's true, this is from the 70s and I'm not all that surprised that I couldn't find the newspaper articles. Because in the article, the article I should specify, the one that I read was published in, I believe, 2017. And so it's, it's pretty recent. But the stories in it, um, it sounds like those were much older stories, it sounds like. And so that's the only sucky thing about trying to hunt down like newspaper articles from 50 years ago, especially when you don't live in that area, is it can be hard to find them. So unfortunately, I was not able to find newspaper articles backing up these stories specifically, so I don't have a lot of other sources to back up these specific cases, so take it with a grain of salt, like I always say. Uh, I even tried to look up the names of the officers in the police database for the state, uh, which did not appear. However, again, if this is a 50-year-old case, I'm sure they're retired by now, <laughs> in which case they're not going to pop up in the database. So I I believe that hopefully at its best, these are real true cases, which I, I personally believe these are real true cases. 
um, at its worst, they're fun stories. But no, I honestly think um, that this was either excellent writing or this really did happen because it had direct quotes, it had names, it had details. It seems to me like this is probably real events. It was just difficult to try to track down other sources to back it up because there was no dates attached to anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is a struggle. But what I can say is I did look into that area since it's specifically we're mostly talking about southeastern Idaho just to see is there anything going on in there since then more recent accounts with especially with law enforcement. I didn't find anything with law enforcement in southeastern Idaho but I did find something in southwestern Idaho that was pretty recent. So there was a police officer in Payette County in southwest Idaho which made a report on March 2nd, 2021 at about 2 a.m. to the National UFO Reporting Center. And I did verify this report on the database. So it's not just this other article. I did go on the database and find this one. So I can back it up. So this report came uh, from an officer located about 40 miles north of Boise, Idaho. And it states in the details that the officer recorded video of a, quote, strobing red light, end quote, with no sound moving towards Boise. And they specifically stated they are familiar with common flight paths of helicopters and planes in the area. And this aircraft was not following any of those. And there was no reports of emergency aerial vehicles at the time either. Yeah, no. Now, the officer did follow the UFO for about one mile, and at about the one mile mark of following it, the UFO ended up speeding up to the point where it it got away and disappeared. So this whole experience ended up lasting about ten minutes, and according to the journalist who wrote the article that originally pointed me to this event, they said they had been monitoring the database for years, and hadn't seen any other recent reports coming into the database that was explicitly listed to be from Idaho law enforcement. So this is uh, one of the only reports that I could also dig up that's for sure from law enforcement. It's very possible some of these other reports also came from law enforcement, but perhaps they just called it in without stating they were law enforcement to kind of keep that separated from their personal life. But as far as something that came in and was specifically listed as this came from an officer on duty... This is uh, what I could dig up for recent accounts in Southern Idaho. All right. So there is still stuff going on. <laughs> and will uh, have fun with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was hoping to be able to sort through the database reports by county, but unfortunately the way it's set up, I can only sort it by state. And then Mm -hmm. I realized in the past I've just searched for specific cities using the find function on the computer. And so since there was no county listed in any of the entries, it was really hard to try to look up just entries for southeastern Idaho. So instead, I picked out a few cities of interest from the article to see um, if any of these particular cities have recent occurrences. And and by recent, I mean last few years. Uh, So we're talking years, not months here. So there has been a lot of reports coming from Pocatello describing strings of lights in the sky, color-changing lights, or fast-moving, silent, and bright lights. And then, uh, and so multiple, multiple reports of all three of those things. And then I found one report describing a flying disc. So we have a few different things going on there. 
There's also Chubbuck in Bannock County, which had reports of color-changing lights and even a report of a boomerang-shaped UFO. Lava Hot Springs, where a lot of our cases that I described took place, have had a few reports, including one describing, quote, 30 amber lights, end quote, moving across the sky. And while these reports that I'm briefly mentioning here were not listed to be coming from police officers, like I said, this still indicates there is UFO activity actively occurring in this area within recent years. So even if those cases that we've spent the majority of this episode on were indeed from 70s or prior to the early 2000s, there's still definitely UFO <laughs> activity going on in southeastern Idaho to this day. All right. Well, UFO aficionados, you know where you need to move. Nope. Nope. There's <laughs> obviously other places in the world, too. I mean, Arizona's definitely got its fair share, and so does Nevada. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so if we have any listeners out in Idaho, please send us your UFO stories. We want to hear... What, what's going on out there? Let us know. <laughs> yeah, pl please let us know if you're seeing lights in the sky. I'm like, when you said the 30, like, lights moving in the night sky, I'm like, it's the mothership coming to discipline her young. <laughs> uh, I did want to wrap up before I forget. I had one question for you, Katie. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. Do you think that the growing acceptance of the existence of UFOs will lead to more police officers coming forward about their experiences? So I think with the discussion regarding like integrity comes forward with that. So I, I'd hate to say no, but I also am reluctant to say yes, because there's a lot of factors that play in with being any form of law enforcement, first responder, or any government working job as well, is that you need to be coming off as somebody who's trustworthy, and if people are questioning if you're believing in UFOs or not, how dare you? Um, <laughs> and questioning like your integrity, and if you're falsifying claims on that, is it something that your department needs to be concerned about as far as like if you're willing to say like oh you're seeing this you're seeing that like you're going crazy like what else are you willing to be disintegrated um sorry that's not the right dishonest about mm -hmm. yep so there's those types of questions so i would like to say with the more openness nowadays regarding ufos aliens i think even our government has like acknowledged that they exist at this point like that happened yes. in 2020 right amidst yep. all the chaos of like murder hornets and they just slipped <laughs> it in there and they're like yo by the way and everybody just kind of like <laughs> generally accepted it and it was like i and we just went about our lives so i think when we look at it in that way there might be more people coming forward from government type positions that are going to start speaking out more about their own experiences with ufos or even paranormal acts for that matter but it might not be immediate it might not be while they're in the field it might actually be later on once they're out yeah and i think that's a really good point to make um 
when I was covering the UFO cases of New York City, I'm trying to remember, I can't remember his name now, but I do remember I briefly mentioned there was a, I believe he was a veteran, that once he was out of the service and retired, that's when he came out and really spoke about his experiences with UFOs and his beliefs and whatnot, and he had been silent up until that point, so I think that is a good thing to point out as well, is that in some cases it's... Again, it's not that people don't believe in these things, it's that they don't want to compromise their job or their respectability, and so once they're out of that position, they're retired, and it's not such a big concern, at that point they may feel comfortable coming forward and speaking on it. Absolutely. Wish it wasn't that way some days, but yeah, Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I think once, once things start like calming down throughout fields and everything, and... Once we go back to being somewhat normal, um, I think a lot of things are going to change in the upcoming years. At least I hope a lot of things start changing and more freedoms are offered to government employees to kind of speak about their own beliefs and not be harshly judged about it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I completely agree as well. So, yeah, I think that's all I got for you guys today so again if anybody's got some awesome ufo stories or alien encounter stories anything we want to hear the stories <laughs> send them to us yes <laughs> send us your ufo <laughs> send us your ufo stories if you cannot tell it is getting late and my mouth is now deciding that it's no longer time to talk it's time to be quiet and go to bed <laughs> Um, but yes, yeah, send us your UFO stories. Let us know what you think of your uh, the episodes. I would love to do listener tales for Halloween. So if you guys do have anything to send to us, please make sure that you send it to hauntingcasespodcast at gmail.com. All right. We'll see you next week, listeners. Bye. Thank you again for listening to Haunting Cases Podcast. Please make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Haunting Cases Podcast and on Twitter at Haunting Cases. If you have a listener tale, story request, or any questions, email us at hauntingcasespodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to rate us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. So, what do you say, listeners? Are you haunted too?